Welcome to Spring of Life. My name is Mike Luzinski, and I serve as the lead pastor here. I'm so glad you're taking the time to grow in your faith through scripture, preaching, and the conversations on our podcast. Good Grief, a sermon series that starts with the premise of all experiencing grief and loss. Many people struggle with how to grieve well and how to offer support to others. In our conversation, we will define grief, explore God's relationship to it, and ground ourselves in the hope of the gospel, even when we experience loss and grief. Today's scripture is Lamentations, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Jerusalem, once so full of people, is now deserted. She who was once great among the nations now sits alone like a widow. Once the queen of all the earth, she is now a slave. She sobs through the night, tears stream down her cheeks. Among all her lovers, there is no one left to comfort her. All her friends have betrayed her and become her enemies. Judah has been led away into captivity, oppressed with cruel slavery. She lives among her foreign nations and has no place of rest. Her enemies have chased her down and she has nowhere to turn. The roads to Jerusalem are in mourning, for crowds no longer come to celebrate the festivals. The city gates are silent, her priests groan, her young women are crying, how bitter is her fate. Her oppressors have become her masters, and her enemies prosper, for the Lord has punished Jerusalem for her many sins. Her children have been captured and taken away to distant lands, All the majesty of beautiful Jerusalem has been stripped away. Her princes are like starving deer searching for pasture. They are too weak to run from the pursuing enemy. In the midst of her sadness and wandering, Jerusalem remembers her ancient splendor. But now she has fallen to her enemy, and there is no one to help her. Her enemy struck her down and laughed as she fell. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's hard to say thanks be to God after that reading. (laughs) I know. The book of Lamentations uh, is pretty intense. It's different than our normal experience of Scripture. It's different than our often many of our experiences of grief. Maybe you can remember a time where you were a part of a receiving line at a memorial service or funeral. And you stand in the line and you wait patiently as people come and greet you, some of them recounting beautiful shared moments, some of them saying things that just leave you scratching your head. Those experiences, many of us can think of some version of that, and it reminds us of the simple reality that grief is hard. Grief is complicated. Grief is uncomfortable. And it's challenging for us to handle it well when we're the ones experiencing grief and in other moments when we're someone trying to offer support to a person experiencing grief. So as we begin this new year, we're going to spend a few weeks talking about grief today and the next two Sundays as we begin a sermon series called Good 
grief. We're going to explore grief, what it is, how we experience it, and then God's relationship to it. And there are so, there's so much more. So as we start, I want to call on all of our children to guide us. Uh, can you raise your hand and tell me something that makes you sad? Raise your hand and tell me something that makes you sad. Yes. When you feel left out. Yes. Oh, did you say when your cat died? Oh, when your three cats died. That sounds very sad. Yes. When you get hurt. Yeah, that's a good one. Yes. When you can't defeat anyone in jujitsu. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. When your dog died, yeah, yeah, that's a very sad moment. Any other examples of something that makes you sad? Thank you for those, uh, for those creative things. Anybody who hasn't shared yet? Okay, thank you. You know, grief comes in a lot of different forms. It really does. And grief is the anguish experienced after significant loss. At least that's, the, that's a part of the American Psychological Association's definition. And grief often includes stress in your physical body, anxiety, confusion, yearning, dwelling on the past, and sometimes fear of the future. All of those things are wrapped up in our experience of grief. And the people of God are no strangers to grief. The people of God in the book of Lamentations experienced about the most form of acute form of grief that people can experience. This book of Lamentations was written in the context of the fall of the great city of Jerusalem. This was a traumatic loss that, bought, that brought about overwhelming grief. And this book is a poem of lament. It is an acrostic poem. I know, not, not all of you are into poetry. An acrostic poem. Each line starts with a subsequent letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Amazingly well-written, articulating and capturing the spirit of the experience of the people of God. And it tells us about how they viewed God's presence even in the midst of a national tragedy and a personal tragedy for themselves. So I want to give us a few pictures of grief from this first chapter of the book of Lamentations. Jerusalem, once so full of people, is now deserted. She who was once great among the nations now sits alone like a widow. Once the queen of all the earth, she is now a slave. Many of us experience grief when there's a gap, a dissonance between the way things were, the way things used to be, and the way they are now. 
the reality that we're experiencing now. The people who lived in Jerusalem, they think about the, the party and the lights and all the celebrations and the festivals that they've had. But they look out and they see nobody in the street. They listen and they hear the sound of silence and feel the weight of loneliness. Verse 2, she sobs through the night. Tears stream down her cheeks. There is no one left to comfort her. All her friends have betrayed her and become her enemies. The author pictures the whole city of Jerusalem as a woman, weeping, feeling alone and betrayed. One of the things that I think we can easily gloss over when we read that verse is that tears are a natural response to grief. And I don't know about you, but many of us, well, we, we struggle. And maybe we've been taught that it's, it's not appropriate to cry. I have to keep it together for other people in my family. But tears and crying is a response to grief. It's part of how we manage it. Another picture of grief in verse 7 in the midst of her sadness and wondering, Jerusalem remembers her ancient splendor. A smell, a song, tasting certain foods that we like to eat during the holidays, all of these things can trigger grief and a memory. Memory is important. And remembering can be in itself a trigger for grief. The final picture of grief from Lamentations 1 comes in verse 16. My children have no future, for my enemy has conquered us. When I served as a hospital chaplain, I encountered what I call the death of a dream. And I found this form of grief to be one of the most painful and complicated of them all. Imagine uh, a man in his early 60s who had this plan of traveling the world in retirement, and he's in the hospital fighting cancer that he knows will make it impossible for him to travel the world like he wanted to. He's grappling with a deep grief that the way he thought his life would be, it looks like that life is not going to happen the way he wanted it to, the way he had planned. The experiences of the Israelites are acute, dramatic, and traumatic expressions of grief. Our grief is probably not as overwhelming as their grief, but it is grief nonetheless. Grief is complicated, and it comes with death, but there are so many other ways that we experience grief beyond death. So what causes grief? I'm glad you asked. Grief can be caused by the death of a person you love, by divorce, 
by losing a pet, by illness, by loss of physical ability, by infertility, by moving your home, from people leaving your home, like children moving out, the loss of a dream or a future. There are so many causes of grief. And I also have to say that some of the things that bring us grief can actually be good. I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, Imagine getting a promotion at work, new job with a higher salary, and as a part of that promotion, you have to move. And so you're promoted, but you're also saying goodbye to the colleagues that you've worked with for years. You'll earn more and have more responsibility, but your neighbors that you love so much, well, you can't take them with you when you move. And so there's grief connected even to these moments of joy in our lives. One more example. There's grief even accompanying a joyful milestone like the birth of a child. I heard a story recently from a mom who shared she was in a store with the shopping cart when she began to experience the form of grief that these simple things that she had done all the time, they're a lot more complicated with a baby. (laughs) Being able to do what she wanted when she wanted, that wasn't an option now that she was a mom. There's grief even with these joyful moments. And so I want to give you a second to ponder how have you experienced grief in your life, in your family? How have you experienced it? What are some of the griefs that you carry with you? How have you responded individually and collectively to those griefs? Grief is the anguish experienced after significant loss. And I want to encourage you to be open and vulnerable. And if you want to talk with someone about your grief, please reach out to me. I'd love the opportunity to talk with you. And I want to give you a resource as well that I've found helpful. It's called whatsyourgrief.com. A simple resource to learn more about grief and how it affects your life. uh, to, To open up the conversation about grief. And I invite us to respond to grief. Not just by learning about it, reaching out, connecting with people but also by practicing something that is deeply biblical, lament. And I know lament can almost make us uncomfortable, but lament is something that happens in the Psalms. It happens in the book of Lamentations. I mean, come on, it's its namesake, duh. And it happens in other places where the prophets lament, and they do a few things very well. The first thing they do is name our loss to God and to others. Lament is naming that loss. It's a way of helping ourselves grieve by acknowledging the pain. The second part 
is to name how that loss is out of step with the heart of God. And this is the part that we often struggle with. We're pretty good about acknowledging and naming our loss, but many of us are, are less adept at reminding ourselves that this loss is at odds with God's intended world. So I'll, I'll share a couple different examples. You know, any time someone dies of a preventable disease, we lament, but we also say that's not God's intention, that people die at a young age from a preventable disease. Any time we see a, a poverty or, or a shooting or some of these other things, we lament by saying this is wrong, we're grieving, and we also lament by acknowledging that that's not the world that God is trying to create. God challenges us to imagine a world where none of those things happen. Imagining a world where, where people live in harmony with each other and there's not violence. Imagining a world where, where no child is hungry or no one dies prematurely from a disease that we have medicine to cure. All of that, that process of lament, when done well, plants seeds of hope, plants seeds of transformation and redemption. And that is the heart of the gospel. To acknowledge the death and the loss, preparing the way for what God will do next. And a little teaser here as we wrap up. Next week, we'll carry on with Jesus responding to grief. And we'll talk about how Jesus himself experienced grief with the death of his friend Lazarus as we continue on and look about and explore God's response to grief. Remember, friends, that grief is the anguish experienced after loss and that the lament, the process of lament, plants the seeds of hope. Let us pray. Holy God, you were with the people of Israel in their darkest and most painful moments, and you are with us when we experience grief in all of its complex and complicated forms. Give us the grace we need to lament and turn to you. Amen. If you have questions or want to talk further about this message, I'd love the chance to talk with you. Visit us online at springchurch.org connect or email me at pastormike at springchurch.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.